Hello, and welcome to the Climate Change Weekly Podcast. This is episode six. This week, a new poll shows that the number of Americans that believe climate change is a crisis is growing. Deforestation, an area the size of the UK, is destroyed every year. Arnie says that Trump can't erase a decade of clean air progress with a Sharpie. And in the topic of the week, we're going to look at the environmental record of the five big tech companies, with a particular focus on Amazon, by far the worst of the group. The number of Americans that believe that climate change is a crisis is growing, according to a new poll by the Washington Post. Nearly 80% of respondents stated that, yes, human activity is causing the climate to change. 38% of respondents described climate change as a crisis, and the same percentage described it as a major problem. Five years ago, only a quarter of poll participants described climate change as a crisis. So what we see here is that in five years, the number of people that view it as a crisis has risen from 25% to 38%. Not exactly startling progress, but I guess it's a step in the right direction. Now we turn to deforestation. Launched at the 2014 United Nations Climate Summit, the New York Declaration on Forests aimed to halve deforestation by 2020 and halt it by 2030. An assessment of the declaration says... Since the NYDF was launched five years ago, deforestation has not only continued, it has actually accelerated. On average, an area of tree cover the size of the United Kingdom was lost every year between 2014 and 2018. Tropical forest loss accounts for more than 90% of global deforestation, with the hotspots being located in the Amazon Basin nations of Bolivia, Brazil, Colombia and Peru. Worryingly, say the authors, a new deforestation hotspot in West Africa is also emerging. The rate of tree felling in the Democratic Republic of Congo has doubled in the last five years. In the podcast two weeks ago, we talked about how the Trump administration has rolled back many environmental protections. This week, in an opinion piece in the Washington Post, Arnold Schwarzenegger says that Trump can't erase a decade of clean air progress with a Sharpie. If you don't get the Sharpie reference straight away, This clip from The Late Show should help. This whole thing started when Trump tweeted over the weekend that Alabama would be hit by Hurricane Dorian. And then 20 minutes later, the National Weather Service had to tweet, Alabama will not see any impacts from Dorian. We repeat, no impacts from Hurricane Dorian will be felt across Alabama. That was 20 minutes later. The National Weather Service has to monitor the president's tweets as closely as they monitor actual hurricanes. After he was corrected by his own government, Trump doubled down. As you probably saw, yesterday he seemed to alter a forecast on the storm's pass from last week with a circle added in Sharpie to include Alabama. (laughs) My favorite thing about this is that he didn't even try to blend it in. He could have at least sent an intern to Kinko's to print up a new chart. So, uh, yeah, what are you trying to do here? Uh, We want to fake a hurricane map to uh, retrofit a lie the president told to the American people. Okay, when do you need it? Bye. Arnie had this to say. California has been a leader in the fight to clean our air since one of my heroes, Ronald Reagan, was our governor. The Trump administration, for some reason, is hell-bent on reversing decades of history and progress. Whether it is political pettiness, short-sightedness, or just plain jealousy, I couldn't tell you. I can tell you that it's wrong, it's un-American, and it's an affront to long-standing conservative principles. To understand why I'm so angry about the administration's move to revoke California's waiver to regulate automobile emissions, you must understand the history. 
1967, Reagan established the California Clean Air Resources Board to fight crippling pollution. He appointed as its first director not a political hack or lobbyist, but a scientist who was a pioneering researcher of the causes and impacts of smog. The 1970 Clean Air Act gave California the authority to regulate air pollution, and ever since we have had what is called a waiver from the federal government to set car pollution limits. Historically, it worked well. We set our standards and the federal government didn't just respect our authority, it generally made our rules the standard for the entire nation. During my time as governor, we had some hiccups with George W. Bush administration officials. They told us greenhouse gases were not a pollutant and we won in the Supreme Court. Duh. They didn't approve our clean air waiver, but that ended when President Barack Obama took office and made a compromised version of our standard the national standard. The Trump administration's threat to revoke our waiver to clean our air is more extreme, and coming from Republican White House, it's downright hypocritical. I'm sure the EPA and the White House will continue to say this dumb policy decision is about stopping regulations that cripple the economy. They should come to California. Last year, the US economy grew by 2.9%. California's economy, with our supposedly crippling regulations, grew by 3.5%. We've outpaced the nation's economic growth even as we've protected our people. Our success is built on our consistency. For our topic of the week, we're going to look at the environmental record of the five big tech companies and we'll particularly focus on Amazon, who are by far the worst of the bunch. So, according to Google, in 2017 they achieved a great milestone purchasing 100% renewable energy to match consumption of for global operations, including our data centres and offices. In April 2018, Apple announced its global facilities are powered with 100% clean energy. This achievement includes retail stores, offices, data centres and co-located facilities in 43 countries, including the US, the UK, China and India. The company also announced that nine additional manufacturing partners have committed to power all of their Apple production with 100% clean energy, bringing the total number of supplier commitments to 23. In August of 2018, Facebook announced that it plans on going 100% renewable by 2020, while also reducing its greenhouse gas emissions by 75%. The company said, In 2020, we will have committed to enough renewable energy resources to equal 100% of the energy used by every data centre built by Facebook, and always in the same state of power grid as the data centre itself. Microsoft says that at the end of 2018, half the power used in its data centres came from renewable energy, and it should hit 60% by the end of 2019. With the 60% milestone in sight, the company is now targeting over 70% renewable energy for its data centres by 2023. Microsoft is aiming to cut emissions by 75% by 2030, So not a great performance by Microsoft, only reducing 70% by 2030. Really, they should be doing a lot better than that. But when we turn to Amazon, the picture gets even worse. Let's start by talking about Amazon Air. In 2013, Amazon had an issue with third-party carriers getting packages to people's homes in time for Christmas. So the company began building its own cargo airline, Amazon Air. They currently have 40 planes and the plan is to expand to 70 by 2021. This hub is going to let us get packages to customers faster, uh, and that's a big deal. 
We're gonna move Prime from two day to one day, and this hub is a big part of that. Super excited about that. Now clearly the global emissions of having such a fleet of aircraft are truly horrific. And at a time when we're entering a climate crisis, seeing Bezos's smiling face in front of a new terminal designed to handle 70 new planes so that people can get their packages a day earlier. Personally, I found it quite disgusting when I saw that. And I apparently wasn't the only one because um, a number of workers at Amazon have also decided they need to do something about that. So since late last year, a group of workers within Amazon have been organising to push the company to radically reduce its carbon emissions. This week they announced a major new action on the 20th of September where Amazon workers around the world will walk out of their offices to join the global climate strike. So far, more than 1,000 workers have pledged to participate. The organisers have three demands. They want the company to commit to zero emissions by 2030, to have zero custom cloud computing contracts with fossil fuel companies, and to spend zero dollars on funding climate-denying lobbyists and politicians. The history of this movement is that in late 2018, a group of Amazon employees announced they will bring a resolution to the next shareholders meeting that will commit the company to develop a plan for transitioning off of fossil fuels. As employees, they had received equity in Amazon, so they had the right to submit a resolution as shareholders. The group became the Amazon Employees for Climate Justice. One of the walkout organisers, named Rebecca Shepherd, said she was feeling ashamed of the role she was playing at Amazon Air, enabling carbon emissions. I have a beautiful three-year-old nephew and I was afraid of what the world was going to look like in 50 years, given how much worse this has gotten in the last 28 years. When I heard about the resolution, I was inspired. So what was the response of management to the resolution? AECJ members met with Amazon leadership in early 2019. At the first meeting, employees asked leadership when Amazon was going to publicly commit to reduce its emissions and share its carbon footprint. The management said they had no plans to do either of those things. That's when the AECJ began drafting the first version of an open letter to Jeff Bezos. That led to Shipment Zero, which commits Amazon to making 50% of its shipments net zero carbon by 2030. Shipment Zero only applies to the emissions associated with delivering packages, not with the data centres run by Amazon Web Services. If you're not aware, Amazon Web Services is a public cloud infrastructure which is used by many, many companies to run their software. It is by far the dominant player in the market, has more than twice the market share of its nearest competitor, which is Microsoft. And as we can see, Amazon aren't even releasing details of the carbon footprint caused by all of those data centers. But we know that the footprint is enormous. And then when you add together that with all the deliveries, the airline, Amazon's global environmental footprint, both in CO2 terms and in environmental pollution, is enormous. In the same week that Amazon announced Shipment Zero, we learned from an investigative piece at Gizmodo that AWS is creating custom solutions and entering into custom contracts with oil and gas companies to use our cloud services to identify new fossil fuel reserves and to facilitate faster extraction. In other words, management told us they cared about the climate at the exact same time as they were doing deals with the fossil fuel industry. Because of this, we refused to withdraw the resolution. 
Instead, we updated our open letter to Bezos to include commentary on the oil and gas contracts and urged him to take action on the issues outlined in the resolution. We released this letter publicly in April 2019, and so far over 8,300 Amazon workers have signed it. In May of 2019, the members brought the climate plan resolution to the annual shareholders meeting in Seattle. The resolution did not receive enough votes to be passed, but the members did deliver a speech at the meeting and held a press conference. So as the AECJ point out, Amazon is not Jeff Bezos alone. Amazon has a workforce of over 50,000 employees and they can't continue this polluting policy and failure to recognise their responsibilities without the acquiescence of all the people that work for them. So if you work for Amazon or you know someone that does, please encourage them to get involved, to stand up against the management and make them commit to a policy where they, at the very least, offset their carbon emissions. We need to find a way that the focus needs to shift away from getting your package sooner to making sure that we have a sustainable planet to live on. That's all for this week. Please do rate or star the podcast and click follow or subscribe. Have a great week and I'll see you again next Monday with another episode of Climate Change Weekly. I know the change in me goes deeper day by day Although you're by my side I feel you slip away I've been so restless Can't seem to concentrate Back to me, that would be my fate. I need.